Welcome to Aspire to Rise, where we are teaming up to serve leaders and help them process through a challenge they're facing. I'm Joshua Stamper. And I'm Sarah Johnson. Now let's ascend to new leadership heights together. Hello, Joshua Stamper. We're back. It's December. Sarah Lynn, I'm back with you after what feels like forever. Well, Joshua, Michael, we're just going to let everybody know our great, awesome relationship that we know everybody's first and middle names here. We're going to have to figure out what the guest says now. I I might guess, but I don't want to offend him either. So I'll probably just (laughs) leave it up to him to tell us if he wants. But I want to know what's going on with you and how have you been? Are you surviving the Wisconsin winter? Here we are. We are recording goodness, week before Christmas, and there is no snow in my part of the... Of Wisconsin. I know, it sounds crazy, isn't it? None. It's cold enough to snow. It is. It, it was even seven degrees this week, but yeah, we just, we nothing's Uh-oh. been staying. We got it, even at Halloween, we were totally snowed out and nothing. So we'll see. But yeah, we're doing well. We have um, three days left of school before break and trying to keep myself centered and not wanting to just uh, ditch the online learning for that time because that would be so easy to do. How about you, my friend? Well, the reason I wanted you to go to first is because I'm officially on holiday break. So I didn't want to rub it in. I'm wonderful right now. You mean you didn't want to rub it in while we were recording because you'd already done that every time. All right. Yeah, I might have done that before we push record, but no, I'm doing really, really well. We are still in person, you know, with half of our campus on uh, on campus and the other half virtual. But I, I will say that we finished strong and I was really impressed with like the staff, especially hanging in there. Everyone was in a great mood as we ended. And then our kids too. I, I was really excited about like some of the, the students that we've been mentoring and, and really like focusing on. We've really seen a change this year in their maturity and their decision making. So um, definitely a shout out and a a win going into the the holiday break. Yeah, it's not easy for administrators to be able to say that the week before break. So that's awesome to hear. Hey, I also saw on the socials that you got an amazing coffee mug. I, I've gotten a lot of responses on that coffee mug. Um, yes, one of my teachers, my GT teacher, he's amazing. He got that for Christmas from, for me, and it's literally like the size of my head. It's ginormous. <laughs> so the, the bit was I would just walk into classrooms or offices with it and just act like it was just a normal mug and just wait for a response. For the so, listeners that didn't see it, what's the caption on that bad boy? I'm down to one cup a day, and <laughs> the cup is like five gallons <laughs> large, so... It's pretty amazing. That is awesome. That's so cool. Well, yeah. And you know, this time of year is so good. It's interesting for everybody. And so just doing those things with your staff, you know, and the joy that you've been able to put out there into the social media world has been awesome to see. So thank you for doing that and always bringing a smile to my face for sure. <laughs> well, if I got a, a smile from you, Sarah, that's that's good enough for me. Oh, yes. Well, Joshua, are you ready to meet and uh, introduce our guests? I'll introduce them. That's okay. Yeah, I would love to learn about our guests. Rock on. So our guest this month, we are so fortunate to have Mr. Andy Stanton. I'm so excited because I've had the really cool opportunity to get to know Andy the last couple of months as we work together in a leadership development program that I just happen to be so fortunate to learn about Andy's leadership strengths um, and see him in a really cool light. Great leader here in Wisconsin. So Andy, welcome. Welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you both for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Very nice. <laughs> nice of you to say. We're so happy to have you. Would you just do the listeners a favor and just tell us about yourself? What are you up to in this wonderful world? Yeah, of course. So just like you said, I'm a, I'm an educator right now in, in Wisconsin. I'm actually in a, a school district in the Fox Valley, Manasha um, School District. And uh, this is my sixth year as a, as a teacher. But just like the both of you, I wear a lot of different hats. So I'm a PBS tier one team leader. So working specifically with behavior, I'm also a universal classroom practices coach. So I transferred into that position last year. So I'm half in the classroom and half in just about every other classroom uh, in our secondary district. And I also coach two sports, you know, in, in that thing called free time that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's so awesome. And did you mention what grade levels you teach? I teach actually in our middle school. So I teach, I've taught everything between sixth through eighth grade. And this year, because of everything that's happening, I actually got emergency certified to teach science for the first time. So I'm, I'm all over the board. Wow. <laughs> I tossed that one up for you because I wanted the listeners to hear that, your flexibility. Andy is also just such a deep thinker. And one of the things that I've really appreciated about you is that you have taken some risks uh, when we work together. And I cannot wait to hear your podcast someday when you're ready to launch out and do that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was one of those things that was on my to-do list that I just kept on rewriting on next week's to-do list. And uh, actually this week I finally sat down and I recorded a 20 minute section. So we'll see what I do with that next. Can't wait to listen. Yes. Well, you heard it first here, friends, because, um, you know, we, we have a lot of podcast lovers that listen to both our podcasts. So we're excited to have that. Andy, we want to thank you for being a guest and choosing to come on the show to process through a challenge. And um, before we do that, we really want to know about not only your leadership journey, but what you're dreaming to do in the future in the world of leadership. Yeah. Um, so right now, as uh, as Sarah was just talking, I'm, I'm currently uh, going through the process of getting my master's as well as certified to become a principal in the state of Wisconsin. And the more conversations that I've had with some of the school leaders in our district and in my building I really have wanted to find myself in a position as a principal, but not just any principal position. Um, I really want to be involved still in the students, in the classrooms, with the teachers, with the community. I've seen some cases or heard of some cases where it turns into a desk job, and I would hate to lose the thing that I love most about education, and that is relationships and students and families. So mm -hmm. my goal would be not just any type of principal, but one that still continues to make an impact every day. That's awesome. And right now, Andy, just to kind of frame that up, you're in a pretty large district, but is your school a little smaller? Yeah, we're in a we're in a pretty big district, but uh, we have three grades and uh, we got 770 students. Okay, so that's decent size. It just helps to kind of get a perspective. We are just so excited to have you on the show because obviously you are a wise person who has a strong already leadership background. And so we're grateful that you would come on with us and help us process a challenge with you. So would you just go ahead and share the challenge that you'd like to talk about with Joshua and I tonight? So the challenge that I think I'm coming across and it's become more and more evident in our situation, I think maybe it's highlighted a lot of struggles for a lot of distri districts, but that balance between setting limits for not only yourself, but in leadership position for your staff, but also 
balance that with that idea of risk taking, wanting to to push for more and to achieve more, but also understanding where we're at right now and needing to take a little bit of a step back and kind of how we balance that as as educational leaders and how we balance that as just ourselves. So I want to get more perspective on this, Andy, because I think it's a great question. And I just kind of want to hone in a little bit just to help Sarah and myself help you with this problem. But when you talk about like the parameters, are you referring to like teaching techniques or teacher goals or what specifically are you referring to? Yeah. So uh, our district actually, well, our, our school, my school in particular, uh, we just hired, we had a big principal shift. So we have uh, a new principal and we have a new assistant principal this year in our school. And as we've gotten together and looked at our school improvement goal and where we want this school to go as, you know, as our, our PLC kind of where do we want our where do we want our future to be? How do we now look around the building and balance that push to achieve these goals that we've put forward for ourselves, as well as balance those ideas of saying we're in the middle of a pandemic right now and all this is new and it's going to take time? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good question. So I originally heard that frame up. I was thinking in regard to just our general risk tolerance and aversion as leaders. So when I'm hearing you frame it that way, it's such a relevant question right now. I mean, it always is, I think, you know, either direction, <laughs> but yes. And, and I also yeah. have a little bit of insight too, Andy, in regard to some of the hot topics that you're talking about too, just from some conversations that you and I have had. I do want to toss a little bit into the conversation, some of those big hitter items that you've been working on? Um, yeah. So so Sarah and I know I've been in, in contact a little bit with our school and a push for a bigger focus on equity in our school district. And we've had some occurrences and discussions that have come up around the idea of Black Lives Matter in our school. And it's been an interesting conversation to have with district leadership and uh, school leadership, as well as our community members itself. And it's kind of been a balance for me personally to say, how hard can we push when we're getting resistance? And, you know, what do we actually want at the end of all of this? Does that help you, Joshua, to have a little more insight onto that one? Yeah, the topic is totally different than what I originally thought of. So yes, that helps quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So how about this one? Because we know Andy, that you are studying leadership theory, you're like steeped right in the middle of reading all about this stuff, you know, moving improvement plans forward. And you also are sitting at the table with a lot of those discussions. So we're just curious to this point, what are some of the thoughts that you have in terms of strategies for knowing when to push and when to back off? What, what are some thoughts that you have? Yeah. And I think that's been probably one of the biggest battles for me is we've been going out and we've been having these conversations and trying to go step by step. And especially when we're trying to make some big changes, we know that these big changes, you know, sometimes take some small steps to get going. So we've been working with smaller groups and slowly making those groups and branching out larger and larger. And I think that, I mean, for me, that's been the most effective way to move our goals through is to start a little bit smaller, get some ideas, and then slowly bring in more people so that you can um, approach these issues as, as one kind of united front. So, Andy, when you talk about the smaller groups and the discussions, are the discussions specifically about equity or are there other topics that you guys are, are discussing? Well, as our school improvement plan uh, we've gone through that. So there are a couple of, of subcommittees that we've looked at, communication and, and community involvement and academic scores. And one of them that have just come out of communication itself has 
has really gave rise to equity in our district and equity in our community and what that means to the students who walk the hallways. Well, hopefully we'll come back to walk the hallways again in our in our district. And so it's kind of blossomed out of other conversations that have been part of our school improvement plan. Yeah, it's so good to hear um, and to dive into that just a little bit further. And I love how you frame that. What I'm experiencing right now when I work with school leaders, Joshua, you, I want to be able to hear your thoughts on this, is that just, you know, because of this pandemic might frame the discussion a little differently versus if we were just speaking in generalities about this, you know, how you press the leadership, like the change management of leadership, I guess, is pressing into that. But just during the pandemic and kind of knowing what to press and what not to. I think you already started to uncover that a little bit, Andy, when you were talking about some of the, the main priorities kind of fomenting up, whether a system will kind of release the other things. I know one of a couple of the principals that I'm working with, their school improvement plans shifted completely uh, off of like, you know, math and reading to exactly what you're talking about, equity and making sure that access is a focus because of all the changes that have occurred in our instructional delivery. I think that's good to hear that you've been, your district's been doing that. Joshua, did you want to add? Yeah. I mean, we're going through the exact same thing. Everything has changed. Of course, we have students on campus and we have students off campus. So it's a little bit different of a model, but the same point, like our, as far as the instructional strategies that are being used, they're doing, the teachers are, they're doing twice the work um, because they're having to do two sets of instructional plans and two ways to instruct. So for them, any initiative that we're putting forth, we're trying to do that so it's not overwhelming. And it's probably a slower process this year than ever before because of we are trying to do the same thing about having the smaller conversations. Because what we don't want to do is have a mandate from above and just require everyone to do additional work without buy-in, without having the, the why behind it and the research and the conversations. And so um, anything that we're establishing new this year, our expectation isn't that it's going to be implemented full force this year. Um, it's just more of a, let's at least start the conversation, at least start the research before we can move forward. And equity is one of those pieces. I've been doing work with restorative practices for this is my third year on the campus. And so I feel like in year three, even in the pandemic, we're finally getting our groove as far as that process. And two of the three years were prior to the pandemic. So like if I was starting as year one, and that was my my initiative, I would not be as far as I am right now. So I think it is that balance because if our expectation is that things are going to skyrocket as far as an action plan and, and actually having it without any hitches this year, I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, especially Andy, you said you guys are all online. So that even complicates that in general. Are your staff, I'm just curious now, is your staff on campus? Uh, yes. Yes, they are. We do have some students who are able to come in in, in small chunks. Did you, do you guys have like an equity committee where you're actually going through and looking through the data? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have an equity committee and actually out of that equity committee came uh, what is called the upstanders. And we work close with America and more M-O-O-R-E. And they are uh, an equity consultant group in the education realm. So we've been having meetings with them often having conversations with them about how can we approach equity in our schools? How can we identify systematic processes that um, are affecting specific groups of our students? And so in this upstander position is, is how this conversation kind of kind of came to be. And I think it became more prevalent, just like you were talking about, when we went virtual. The things that I think sometimes are taken for granted for access to, access to child care, access mm -hmm. to 
working technology and um, dependable internet access. A lot of yep. those things, I think, are starting to show a lot more of the systematic issues that, that are all around us. Yep. And I think as leadership, that's something that is important to bring to the table as far as not oversharing, of course, but letting folks know, like, for instance, my school, you know, we're in a a pretty affluent area, but we also have students that are homeless on our campus. And a lot of our time, a lot of times the the teachers don't even realize that. And they just assume everyone's living in a a nice house and they have a wealth of of resources when that's really not the case. And so, you know, we've been very intentional of, of letting our staff really get an inside look of what our student body makeup is and just having those reminders of we can't assume that our kids have absolutely everything at their fingertips at all times. And um, a lot of students don't have access to everything that you just said, Andy. So, you know, trying to find creative ways to, to communicate that to the teachers, to, you know, tap into that empathy and to, you know, have them do a little bit more research on how to um, work through that within the instruction and potentially even showing a little a little bit more grace um, with their expectations. Yeah, you, you guys got into the weeds on that, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> I think obviously a relevant topic because it's it's hard, you know, Joshua and I have this is our fourth episode and it seems like when we get into the conversation where we're all learning this, you know, because we've never experienced leading during this type of a situation, you know, systemically and, and globally. And now we can say, okay, we're in December. So we're getting more and more comfortable with the fact that we, we have shifting sand. It still does not mean that we are totally understanding how to set the the boundaries and keep teachers from fleeing the profession, but also keeping our eye on our mission, which is helping every student, right? No matter what organization. So, I mean, this is a challenging conversation to navigate a little bit, but there, I mean, obviously some insights, right? Into prioritizing. Andy, I have a a real quick question Mm -hmm. for you. Your district seems to have their eye pretty well trained, you know, because you've been trying to press forth. What do you think ultimately is the best way to figure this challenge out? Our school district has has been amazing with being some of the leaders actually in our in our region to approach equity, to take it face on and to create these groups. I think that this is where the change comes from, is willing to take a look at these difficult issues that we're having, even in a difficult time, because throughout our conversations, I said, you know, although it's much harder to deal with these issues that are happening around us in the middle of a pandemic, we're seeing now more than ever, they are so much more important. We're seeing the effects so much greater than we have before. So just because it's harder doesn't mean we can turn around and look the other yes. way. Doesn't mean we can put it off until COVID goes away because it's affecting our families now. So I think that I've seen a lot of people in our district step up to the plate when their plates are seemingly full with everything else um, going on. And that's really, I think, what it has to be. There's there's large changes that have to happen. Understand that they might have to happen slow and they're going to take everybody. I mean, for some of the first times I've seen community members, business owners, uh, parents and guardians in meetings with teachers and superintendents and outside sources having these conversations. And I I truly think that's the first step in, in going forward. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> there you go. We're going to call this Aspire to Rise with Andy Stanton featuring <laughs> guest Sarah Johnson, Joshua Stamper. <laughs> oh, man. 
I, I love to hear that though. Like what I'm hearing you say is that this has provided an opportunity. Those of us analyzing data, disaggregating data, look at, you know, all of these things, looking at it, we've known that, but it's really kind of peeled the veil back for a wider audience to see that. And so I love hearing that you're like, you know, widening the net is the way to go yes. to get the community member supports, parents, you know, just people more deeply involved. And and I don't know what the, you know, culture is at your particular school, but I know that it's so much easier for schools to, in the past, keep business in-house and toss on a token stakeholder here and there, <laughs> right? It's been easier, but it's not been the solution, you know, to the big issues. It's good to hear that from you, Andy. Yeah. And it's good to be a part of it too. So. Well, and I think, I think Sarah, you made a good point about like pulling the curtain back. And I think Zoom has given us that also with our teachers and, you know, we're literally in their, in their rooms and their living rooms and their, in their houses and seeing everything that they have or have not. And I, I can't tell you how many comments that have been made of, I just didn't understand that that's what this child had to go through. And that's just a world that they didn't know existed. And now that they've seen that, I think that's changed their perspective uh, moving forward on like, how do we help this situation? Because obviously there's a need now. And it's great. So it's creating that urgency and kind of getting back to, you know, that's mm-hmm. the hard part we were talking at the beginning. And I think this could probably have been like two to three podcast episodes when I think about it. Um, Because, you know, we're talking about keeping the boundaries, you know, the limits there. And I'm assuming, Andy, that that comes from the spirit of somebody who's been emergency licensed in science and, you know, doing all the teaching and the remote teaching and, you know, and in addition to all the leadership things that you're doing for your school district. I mean, this is uh, a lot that teachers are being asked to take on all educators. It's not just classroom teachers that are doing extra right now. So, you know, it's so hard to say, well, you know, which priority is there if we don't have the teaching force, um, the staff, if they're not well, if they're not mentally well, physically well, you know, we're still not going to have equitable access for our students. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So Joshua, do you think we could start to talk about some resources or do you feel like we've kind of done that? We've kind of uncovered some things. I think we've uncovered, but I mean, I've got at least one resource I would like to share. Oh, for the love. Go for it. I want to hear what you got. (laughs) Well, I I was just thinking as far as the equity question, um, when we started having this conversation, I shared with my staff the Leading Equity Podcast by Dr. Sheldon Akins. And he's just one of my favorite people ever in his podcast for my own like journey, my own leadership journey, I listen to that podcast religiously because it gives me another perspective um, that I don't possess myself. And I just wanted to learn as much as possible. And through that, I felt like I was growing in that topic. By no means am I an expert, but Dr. Sheldon Akins is. And I had the pleasure of having him on the Aspire podcast. And he's just an amazing person. But I also think he brings a lot of amazing perspective. So I would definitely throw that out as a resource for not only you, Andy, but you know, anyone on your staff. Yeah, that's awesome. And so like in terms of equity, that's really good. And then I was, you know, thinking about the fact that, you know, pre-pandemic, during pandemic, post-pandemic, schools and systems always have to flirt with the question that you asked anyway, Andy. You know, when you talk about balancing 
the boundaries for educators versus pressing forward. And, you know, when we look at that stuff, we look at the change management models and we look at change resistance and, you know, you're always trying to analyze, you just (laughs) change is so challenging in a system and always trying to analyze the perfect recipe for that. And I just think one of the biggest pieces that we don't want to fail to mention here well, two things, honestly, is as leaders, right? Because we're thinking, we're dreaming up ourselves as leading this change and leading these boundaries and and all of that is to remember that we have to be fail tolerant. Um, and I think, you know, because I was thinking about this in terms of risk aversion yes. and risk tolerance, but I think it's more powerful to frame it that way. Like we have to be failure tolerant because there's so many things that we're trying new and we're not going to get it right outside, you know, just right out the gate. And so just being willing to press forward and to fail and to learn and to keep communicating vulnerably uh, about that as we push forward. And then I think, you know, the other pieces, of course, mm-hmm. the communication, and it sounds, Andy, like you've just had a really great experience being welcome to the table, uh, you know, to, to have a lot of input and your school has created subcommittees to be able to expand the uh, leadership dispersion, I guess is what I want to say, dispersed leadership. So, you know, just leaders that are listening, aspiring leaders, current leaders, like you can't carry all this weight on your own and you can't expect people to uh, come with you if you're not having your ear to the ground in terms of what your people need. Right. And so when it comes to, you know, I see a lot out there of, of leaders saying self-care is important, but not really setting a boundary for staff, right? We talked about this. I've seen some really great leaders, you know, saying, well, I'm going to keep pressing and we're going to work our butts off, but we're also going to put boundaries up and nobody, not anybody is having communications after a certain amount of time per day or whatever, you know, um, giving your staff permission and not just permission, but like holding yourself accountable to the boundaries, I think. So I wanted, because I wanted to be able to get to both of those topics that you kind of brought up. Yeah, I would say the modeling piece, right? I mean, no one's going to believe or follow you as a leader if you're not modeling the practices. And that goes with the risk taking, but then also the the boundaries of not burning yourself out. I think, Andy, you're coming to the table on a really important topic. And I can tell, like, just from your voice that you're passionate about, you know, this, this topic of equity and the modeling piece is, you know, you going and having those conversations and you getting into the community and having those conversations about what the needs are and finding those solutions. And, but at the same point, it can't consume you to the point where you can't give in other areas of your job and, and in your own, own life. So um, it is hard to balance that, but as a leader, you need to make sure that you're modeling both the risk-taking possible failure, but then also the balance of not overwhelming your own life to the point of burnout. And I and I really appreciate what both of you have had to add on that. And I think that's just the hard part is because there's so much out there and we're seeing that importance rise. How do you decide that I'm going to I'm going to focus on this and and not that thing? And I think that's where, you know, this question really was rooted was when it was posed, well, is this the year for that? Or, well, do we need to focus on this? Or, well, should we just kind of switch our focus and, and worry about that later? And I think that that was kind of the tough part for me was to say, how are any one of these more important than the other? And I think so that was kind of my my debate I had in my head was, what are you willing to push for? 
And, and what do we need to say? Okay, take some deep breaths. And you know what? Maybe we let March come before we start peeling back that onion. Yeah. And that you, you just hit on so much of what I think, like I said, before pandemic has always has been a challenge for leaders because you can see the urgent need. I, I think especially kind of like Joshua was saying, teachers now and, and more people are more and more aware of what counselors and principals have seen in the student body. Um, and I think that tension point has kind of always been there. You can't do everything at once. So setting those priorities and being clear that, you know, the mission focus is this. And I was thinking about the whole, you know, improvement plan process, those schools that shifted and were willing to pare down um, and focus are, I think, the ones that are probably having more success right now than the ones that we're trying to just keep doing business as normal or keep yes. the same old stuff. And, you know, I don't know if any school has done business as normal, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even the same mm-hmm. goals or whatever. All right. So that's good. It sounds like you you have some new thinking and hopefully our listeners do. I know I, I have some new thinking after our conversation today. Yeah, Thank you so much for for coming on and, and listening to me talk and giving some feedback there, especially about you know this topic. As I don't foresee it going away anytime soon, so it's going to weigh heavy on me, I think. And I think that's part of your answer, Andy. I mean, like it's it's heavy on your heart, so obviously it's important. And if, if it's important to you, you're not going to let it go. And I think that's the right thing. All right. So Andy, thank you so much for sharing this really relevant topic. I know that it's on the minds of many of our listeners. It's on the minds of leaders all the time. And you've presented not only a great challenge, but really added to this conversation. So thank you so much for your leadership and for joining us on the Aspire to Rise podcast. Thank you, Andy. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, if you are interested in being on the show, you should connect with us through the link in the show notes. And also, if you feel as if coaching could help you aspire further in your leadership journey, both of us would be happy to help you. Sarah just launched an individual and group-based coaching service, and more information is linked in the show notes. If you would like to work with me as an individual coach, you can reach me through my website at joshstamper.com and click contact. Join us again next month where we will share our conversations with another wonderful leader. Until then, keep reaching for new heights and striving to be better.